This, 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 Welcome to podcast episode number 782. We are the Fight Disciples. This is your MMA preview for the weekend coming up. Lots in the UFC, a little bit of sprinkling, a Bellator in Dublin as well. So buckle up, Buttercup, because we're going to bring you a, a bumper show. Before we get stuck into it, make sure you subscribe to us. You can do it via our website, fightdisciples.com. Everything's there for you. Spotify, Google Play, Apple, you name it. You can consume this in your ears on any platform you want. Uh, you can also watch it with your eyes if that's what you want to do. And we're on YouTube. So please head to our YouTube channel. Look for Fight Disciples and click subscribe. So therefore, you'll never miss out on any of the content that we bring you. We bring you review shows. We bring you preview shows. And we also get stuck into big new shows. And what I'm about to start the show with would have been a big new show. But seeing as did it happen in the last, what, few hours since we've woke up this morning, I think it's only fair that we throw it into the preview show to give you all a big smile and get you all extremely excited. Of course, later on in the show, we will be speaking about one of the Edwards brothers who is fighting this weekend. He's fighting in Bellator mm -hmm. in a world title mm -hmm. fight. But let's talk about the other one to start the show off, shall we? I'm starting to really enjoy these Dana White videos. Obviously, <laughs> he does them in the States. It's overnight. So I've gone to bed. I'm chilling, man. Everything's good. I wake up in the morning. I've got notifications on my phone. I think to myself, right, who's, who's, who's dropped some announcement over the weekend or over the, uh, over the night that I've been in bed? Let's have a little bit of a look. Bosh, there he is. Looking all svelte, smooth as they come. The old Dana White, he's got some news for everybody. Go on then, Dana, what have you got? You click audio, and he's just his voice gets you excited, doesn't it? Here I am, ladies and gentlemen. I'm announcing some badass fights. That's what I want, Dana. Don't just fucking... Don't, don't do foreplay, pal. Just get straight into the sex, mate. Let's get straight into it. Boom. And he was straight into the sex, ladies and gentlemen, because he's announced the core main event. For New York, uh, we know that the main event was always going to be John Jones and Stipe Miocic, which we're extremely excited about. The 30th anniversary show taking place at Madison Square Garden. Mm -hmm. The core main event of the evening. It is return of Yuri Prohachka. Woo, baby. Wait, cannot My wait God. to see Yuri Prohachka back in it. I'm delighted that he's straight back into title contention, given the fact that he got injured, vacated his belt. Let the division move on. He absolutely deserves the opportunity to come straight back in and fight whoever was the champion at the time. We thought it would be Jamal Hill. He himself got injured, so he's had to vacate the belt too. That belt is vacant. Yiddy's coming back in, and he is fighting Alex Pereira. Fucking hell. When you dream of striking contest, kids, this is the dream. This is what you see. This is the this is the visualisation that everybody gets to see. So you've got heavyweights in the main event. You've got light heavyweights in the core main event. Now, that core main event was supposed to be taken up by welterweights, but one of the welterweights doesn't get on too much with a heavyweight, who is obviously the main attraction to that Madison Square Garden card. So there's been a back and forth, bit of argument, and Dan has come uh, with a solution that I tell you what, welterweights, we're going to push you back a month. All right, lads, are you all right to go to Vegas? Yeah, go on then. We'll finish the year in Vegas with Leon Rocky Edwards, Taking on Colby Covington, you knew the fight was done and dusted. We told you months and months and months ago it was where it was going to land. It's going to land T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas to finish off the year for the UFC. And just as a little bit of uh, sex for the sex, they're putting his guy on the co-main against the guy that's absolutely earned the opportunity. That's right. Pantosha taking on Roy Val in the co-main event with Edwards and Covington, the main event for the last 
numbered pay-per-view card of the year. Told you, look at the excitement levels in the show. We just kicked it off, man. He's not even sport yet. I've just been rabbiting on for four minutes, fucking with a flamethrower. Very similar to Sean Strickland. Yeah, getting all excited. Mega, mate. Mega, mega finish to the year. Yeah, of course. Listen, we, we always had the expectation that those title fights were going to happen this year. Light heavyweight freed up once Jamal Hill announced his injury, and you were like, okay, yeah, he's coming back. This is perfect. And Leon versus Colby. I, I thought it was a lock in for New York. I thought Trump was going to be Rick Cage side and everything else. But I guess John Jones really does fucking hate Colby Covington. So it's actually been bumped back to December, but no complaints from me whatsoever. Leon, Britain's second ever UFC world champion, main event, two weeks before Christmas in oh. Las Vegas. Oh. Mate, we're going to be balls deep in Shepherd's Pie at 9 oh. every night of the week. It's going to be tremendous. And you know what? There's nothing better than uh, going to Vegas that time of year because I can hit the malls for the kids' Christmas presents, sort the wife out. Oh, perfect. Thank you, Dana. Thank you. All we need now to just put the cherry on the cake is a little bit of Chavcat, baby. A little bit of cheeky Chavcat. Let's see Chavcat either in New York or Las Vegas. Got to get Chavcat on one of these cards as well. And 2023 is complete. Yeah, man. What a wonderful finish to the year. And obviously, the month previous to that, we're going to have Makachev against Oliveira with Hamzat oh, taking on Costa. Abby, Abby. Oh, my the God. The UFC that's be have absolutely rocked it. The last three months of the year are going to be absolutely ridiculous when it comes to the numbered events. And, of course, this weekend, we look ahead to a phenomenal main event, a spicy little card as well. Yes, it's at the apex. Yes, of course, we all have our thought process on whether they should or shouldn't still be behind closed doors. Uh, but when you obviously bring us the fights, we'll enjoy those these weekends and you bring in big numbered cards like we're getting uh, for the final three months of the year. It's very, 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 very difficult to complain with the final think, quarter uh, of 2023. Yeah, and to be fair, to be fair to the Apex card this weekend, it doesn't, it's it, when you look at it, this is not an Apex fight card. This is a Florida it's fight a fight card. Night. Or it's, a fight it's, a, it's, a, it's a decent fight night outside of the Apex. It isn't an Apex, stereotypical Apex fight card, like what we're getting in two weeks' time with Dawson. And, and definitely Bobby not Green. the main card. You, maybe if you look down the prelims, then you can see a little bit of it, but yeah, definitely well, not listen, the main card, mate. The main card's I, banging. I think even one or two on the prelims, you know, there's there's recognisable names there. Anuwe versus Hannah Goldie and Mo Usman and people like that. Tim Means, Andre Fiyo. Yeah, they're, they're, they're sound. They're sound prelim fights on any kind of fight card. That's what it hasn't got is that regionality of what we usually get on a regional fight card. But I think the fact that this has got Fazid Gamrot in the main event, super intriguing main event. Bryce Mitchell versus Danny Gay. Bryce Mitchell, yeah. according to him, is the poster boy of the featherweight division. I, I actually listened to that interview this morning. He did an interview yesterday saying, "Without without me, this featherweight division would be on its ass." I am the sex of the featherweight division. I'd love to smoke what Bryce Mitchell's smoking. I'd love to have a taste of that. Because I'll be honest, when you look at fan like personality, about star attraction, about people that draw in fans, Bryce Mitchell struggled to make me top 10 at featherweight. But in his mind, he is the sex of the featherweight division. So who am I to complain? But Bryce Mitchell versus Dan Ige, again, real good matchup in that featherweight division. Hopefully, I'd like to see 
the winner of that get matched with one of our British featherweights, whether it's Jack Shaw, Nathaniel Wood, Lerone Murphy. Any of those guys should be targeting these guys. Anyway, good fight. And then Maria Maria Rodriguez against Michelle Waterson. They're, they're three really Rematch. interesting fights to talk about. Mm. Let's start with the main Man. event. Fazee versus Gamrot. Fucking hell, mate. Ooh. Fucking hellfire. What a fight. Um, all right. They might not necessarily have that star power name where the the crossover fan or the or the fan. Well, I don't know. No, they don't. No, no. I'm 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 basing this on North American attitudes, right? I'm basing this purely on North American attitudes. I think from a European point of view, mate, every single European MMA fight fan is like, what the fuck? That is outstanding. It's an outstanding fight. Rafael Fiziev, as we all know, was the co-main event for London against Mm -hmm. Justin Gaethje. He put on a tremendous, tremendous fight, but Justin Gaethje was just too cute, too clever, and too fucking damn hard on that particular night. And he came through getting his uh, getting his hand raised. Um, and this is the first time that we've seen Fazeev uh, back in action. Matthias Gamrot, listen, he's been in with so many of the very, very best, hasn't he? He's obviously we saw him fall short against uh, the Dariush, very tight fight, but he fell short against Dariush. Uh, in between that falling short of Dariush, we've seen him beat uh, Sarukian, who's an extremely good fighter and Jalen Turner who, who Jalen Turner's on a fucking tear man I mean look at the uh, the uh, athletics of Jalen Turner he's a problem for anybody in this division uh, but Gamrock came through that and he came through that well this matchup is something that we've kind of dreamt about for a, a bit there's a there's a few of these guys that we've been thinking how good would it be to be able to match these two up at this particular stage of their career and we're here we're here now these these are the guys that you win this, then you propel yourself into the top five of the division. You solidify yourself. It's one of the, it's like a, there's, there's a couple of levels to this, the, to the top boys of this division, isn't there? Where you've got probably 15 to five and around Robin between 15 to five, nobody's going to complain if five fights, 15, mate, because they're all fucking top class guys. Mm-hmm. But then you've got five through to the champion where it's very difficult. You know what I mean? And and that five through to the champion have proven that they are the very, very fucking best of the best. These two, in this fight this weekend, I think the winner of this propels themselves into that into that five at yeah. the top end. Well, I think they've both been to that five and both they've had a look short. at it. Yeah, they've had a look they've at both it. Both fallen yeah. short, which is why they're ranked six and seven, respectively. So I think the winner of this stays in the conversation. The winner of this stays in the conversation of right. Olives is fighting Oliveira, so what's this guy doing? What's that guy doing? Because, you know, when you're in the top four and five, you don't go right back down here. You kind of stay in the mix up here. So the winner of this fight potentially does unlock a Poirier fight or a Dariush fight or a Gaethje fight if it's the well, other Gaethje, way. Gaethje's, Gaethje in his last performance has obviously pro- he's proven, hasn't he? Gaethje's the one just underneath Makachev and Oliveira. I agree. However, what I mean is Gaethje be Fazeev, but if... Gamrot can beat Fazeev, then Gamrot is a viable opponent for a Poirier for a gate. He's already fought, but Daddy, you should. The chances are that ain't going to get made. So it just keeps you in that conversation, is what I'm trying to say. The loser, unfortunately, has to look behind them. And when you look behind them in this lightweight division, never mind the rest of the top 10, we talk about it all the time. Deep all the way down to the top 20, there's some absolute fucking animals down there, some absolute superstars just waiting for the opportunity to burst through. 
And that's what makes this fight so intriguing. I think Fazeev kind of looked like the future division, kind of looked like the guy that was just like putting it all together at this highlight reel of finishes. We matched him at Gaethje in London. We knew we were going to get something special. And as it started out, it were like, okay, here's the passing of the torch. Fazeev's the guy. Too much energy, too much skill on the feet. If Gaethje ain't going to take him down, he's going to get picked off. What we didn't gamble on at the time <clears throat> was the fact that Justin Gaethje is not a normal human being. Justin Gaethje, as part cyborg, was able to walk through the very best of Fazeev, tire him up, then beat Fazeev at his own game, smash him to bits in a kickboxer match. Did it cleverly, though, mate. Absolutely. He did it so cleverly. Oh, mate, he was sensational that night. Justin Gaethje, sensational. But it took a sensational performance from one of the very best in the lightweight division to halt Rafa Fazeev's run for a title shot. Mateus Gamrot, meanwhile, went the other way. He got matched with Benil Dariush, the boogeyman of the lightweight division. Nobody wants to fight Dariush. He's got incredibly powerful striking. He's got a black, he's got legit black belt skills on the ground. <clears throat> he's a nightmare, and everyone tried to avoid Dariush. Gamrot went through him. Gamrot fell short. But since then, as you say, he bounced back. Big performance against Jalen Turner. The most unusual lightweight out there. Yeah. Great performance. Picked him up, put him down, just what Gamrot does. And now this is his reward. This is a really, really interesting fight. Obviously, you've got elite striker against elite grappler. Can Fiziev keep Gamrot off him long enough to piece him up? Can Gamrot close the distance intelligently to keep picking him up and putting him down and beating his ass on the ground? Pure stylistically, this fight is what two guys with really strong strengths, how will he gel together? Can his stand-up matches, takedowns, can he shoot deep enough, intelligently enough to avoid getting knocked out? Comments then. Stylistically. Yeah. Comments exactly the same, isn't it? You've got yeah, a geezer that knocks dudes out for fun and you've got True. a geezer that wants to grapple and submit people. Yeah. That's exactly yeah. what you've got with Bryce Mitchell and Dan Ige. Mate, Fazeev versus Gamrot is just an absolutely sensational fight because Gamrot, even though he is a, a great uh, wrestler and takedown artist, he's decent. He's very, oh, very yeah. decent on the feet. Don't get me wrong. He's not Rafael Fazeev. Fazeev is just elite when it comes to kickboxing. And his takedown defense is solid enough. It's just, it's a mouthwatering matchup. It's the best of the rest, isn't it? Let's see what who can actually rise. It's going to be so interesting to see what the fight in London took out of Rafa Fazeev. He's not been in that situation. He won six on the spin. He was beating the best guys. He was looking absolutely brilliant. And then he comes up against the best, best, well, one of the best guys and falls only slightly short. We're not talking about an absolute hiding. Yes, there was claret everywhere, but he was given for a large percentage of that fight as good as he was receiving. It was only down the back end, those champion, well, that, that last round really, were fucking... The, the class of Justin Gaethje took over in that third round, didn't he? That, that's, it was, that's, a, fifth, it was that a it was a fight of two halves, wasn't it? Fazeev yeah. dominated the first half. Gaethje dominated the second half. But when you look at the damage Gaethje caused uh, relative to what Fazeev caused, it was it was, it was was Gaethje all day. But it'll either be the making or breaking of Rafa Fazeev. You know, it's not like he got submitted. It's not like he got taken down and no. Gaethje, you know, rest outgunned it. He got beat at his own game. He got he got outthought on the feet. He got outstruck by a, a traditional wrestler. Don't get me wrong. He's an elite kickboxer, Justin Gaethje. I don't want to I don't want to sell him short. But Fizzeev lost at his own game. Yeah. Gamrot when he lost to Benil Dariush, 
but he wasn't able to take Benil da- down, and Benil was just too sharp on the feet. And then when yeah. he did take him down, he was Benil's more than capable on the ground anyway. So I don't think he lost as much, and the momentum kept going, obviously, through the Jalen Turner fight, which was a big fight for him. You know, huge, again, another massive pay-per-view. We've been lucky enough to be uh, cage-side for the last couple of Gamrock fights. And okay, he didn't deliver in Abu Dhabi, but he absolutely delivered in Las Vegas. And he'll be the most comfortable here. I think he'll be the most comfortable coming in. He was in Vegas last time out. He's got a good win in Vegas. He's, you know, he's, it's an environment he's happy in. Whereas Fazeev has got it. This is the comeback now. Smaller All cage, eyes on Fazeev. Yeah. Smaller cage All in the eyes on Fazeev. How can you? How can you bounce? He bounced back. He bounced back in style against Jalen Turner. How will you bounce back? And the first round is going to be critical for him because if Gambok gets his hands on him, it could be uh, it could be a, a long night for Rafa Fazeev. Yeah. Great fight. Um, interested in the Bryce Mitchell Daniga fight. Of course, this is the first one that we've seen for Bryce this year uh, after he got subbed by Taporia at the back end of last year, last December, I think that was. Um, listen, up until that point, Bryce Mitchell was brilliant, man. He was he was beating some really really good guys. He was coming up with some crazy submissions, doing some mad ass shit. Fantastic on the microphone. Yeah, he said some bat shit crazy stuff. But his post-fight interviews where he's asking for camo shorts and all this type of stuff, I think there's a percent, uh, a demographic that absolutely resonates uh, with Bryce Mitchell. Yeah. Uh, and it's no uh, shame falling short against Ilya Tapura. We're talking about one of the very best uh, in the 145-pound division. Uh, Igis, I'm glad that Igis stops his skid because I'm a fan of Dan Ige. He, he He's the type of fighter that I like to watch. He brings the style that I like to watch on the feet. Let's fucking throw some bombs and let's see what happens, man. You know what I mean? Um, and I was worried that maybe that skid that he was on, I think, don't get me wrong, top level skid. I think he'd lost yeah. three on the spin against the top boys. I remember uh-huh. the Josh Emmett one and, 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 and that, but he stopped it and he's got two on the bounce. Now he seems to have got his mojo back. Uh, and again, this kind of resonates exactly what you've just said there about the main event, mate. It's a it's a stylistic matchup, isn't it? Wrestler versus uh, wrestler versus striker. Yeah, I think in terms of Danny Gay, I think Danny Gay's is obviously is a lot more fights. He's a lot more experienced than Bryce Mitchell, and he hasn't really got a hole in his game. I think there might be a ceiling on where how far he can go, and and that may, his, his record probably suggests that. But it's not like he's weak on the ground. He's got he's good on the ground. He's very good. He's got as many submissions as he's got knockouts. Of course, he likes to stand and bang, like most fighters do. That's where he's that's where his strength is. And I think he'll go into this fight with Bryce Mitchell going, right, on the feet, mate, I'm going to piece you up. Mm-hmm. And on the ground, you don't worry me. And I think Bryce Mitchell now is at uh, checking. Okay, he's only lost one fight. He's, what, he's had 16 professional fights. He's lost one. Against the top boy. Got to yeah. admit against Ilya Tapora. Ilya Tapora, next title contender in this weight division. Absolutely no shame about that. However, yes, he's got nine submission wins in those in those 15 victories. Nine of them have been submissions. He hasn't never knocked anybody out, Bryce Mitchell. So he's no clear threat on the feet for Danny Gay. You know what Bryce wants to do. He wants to take you down and submit you. However, Bryce, that wasn't the only time Bryce got subbed. He got subbed on tough as well. Yeah, he did. So in fact, Braz, <laughs> when you look at his tough career and his professional career, Bryce Mitchell has lost twice. And on both occasions, he was submitted. So while it's his big strength, there's also opportunities there. And I think Danny Gale come into this fight going, mate, I'm, I've, 
I've been main events. I've fought, I've fought in five round fights in this organization. I've got a lot of experience and I'm capable everywhere. You're capable in one place. And I've got no fear about going to that place with you either. So it's great that Bryce Mitchell's making all this noise. It's great that he's back, as you say. He dials in with a certain demographic of of country bumpkin Americana. Fantastic. That's no knock on them. I wish I was a I wish I lived out in the country and had a big farm. Looks like a beautiful lifestyle. But just be careful what you look into because there's no easy fights in this sport, certainly not in the top 10, top 15 of any of these weight divisions. And Danny Gay is there on merit, and he's been there an awful long time. He's been around the rankings for a number of years. Bryce Mitchell is very new to this ranking position. He's fell short dramatically last time out. Can he bounce back against a guy like Danny Gay? For me, this is a huge fight for Bryce Mitchell because you will tumble if... And that's no, again, no knock on Danny Gay. But if your ceiling's here, then forget about following in Sean, Sean O'Malley's footsteps. You just ain't that guy. Danny Gay will let us know this weekend. So I'm intrigued. Can I just point something out as well? So uh, those that maybe aren't necessarily UFC fans or MMA fans in general, and you just come over here for a bit of a crack with, with us, maybe you're a boxing fan and you step over. This is why I have the attitude sometimes towards comeback fights in boxing. Look at the two fights that we've just previewed. Fazeev and Gamrot, right? Fazeev stepped up to the top level, what you would class as a title eliminator fight last time, mm -hmm. fell short. Look at the fight that he's having next up. He isn't having a tick over. He isn't having some geezer that has been just dragged in in order to make him shine. He's been given the guy that is on a par with him in the rankings. It's another elite level, top class. Hey, there's no gimme's here, sunshine. You want to fight in the UFC? I don't give a fuck that you've just been beaten at the top level against the top guy. You go straight back in with a top level fight. Look at Bryce Mitchell. Again, another person that is quite marketable. UFC mm -hmm. can market this guy and make some decent dough out of him because, like I said, he does attract a certain demographic of fan base. Bryce Mitchell was beaten off a top guy in Ilya Tapura. Now, you would be forgiven if the UFC thought to yourself, all right, okay, you've had six on the spin, you've done well there, you've fallen short against Tapura, Tapura's going up to title five. I'll tell you what, we need to rebuild Bryce Mitchell. That's what boxing does. We need yeah. to rebuild him. So let's put Bryce Mitchell now in with this person who's not even ranked and let's build it this way. Ah, fuck that. Bryce, you want to be in the UFC, sunshine? You're straight back in. You're in with a guy that's been there, done it, and got the T-shirt and has got his own ambitions of fighting at the very, very top. Two fights, top-class matchmaking, two lads coming off defeats. This is fucking, let's see what your bollocks are all about. And that is why we get high on this particular franchise because there's no gimmies. There's zero gimmies. Let's have it. Once you're in the top 15, you're fighting yeah. the fucking top boys. End of, go. Just on a side note on this conversation then. It was floated on the stock exchange, wasn't it, last week? UFC, yeah. WWE merger, they're now under the same umbrella, TKO, as owned by Endeavor. Everybody's yeah. on the same song sheet. They're going to take over the world. The new brand, the, the father company, the umbrella company, is called TKO. Stands for Technical Knockout. It's also a branding that's very relevant. In fact, it probably originated in the sport of boxing. Do you think there's a third spike to come under that TKO umbrella? 
You've got UFC, the Champions League of MMA. You've got WWE, the Champions League of Professional Wrestling. Do you think there's going to be a third spike in the future, which could be the Champions League of Boxing? The company is worth multi-billions. I think they quoted it. Was it 18? 18 something like billion? that, yeah. Something mad like that. They are the biggest powerhouse in sports fights, entertainment. Sports entertainment. Mm. Biggest fucking powerhouse. Pay-per-view markets. And given the fact um, of the people on the top level board, given of who those people are and their connections previously with the sports of boxing, I would be very surprised if they don't at least have the conversation, mate. Dan has been very open in the past, hasn't he? He said, listen, boxing's broke. We can't fucking fix that. It's an absolute fucking shit show. Why do I want to waste my time getting involved in that? Don't get me wrong, I'm a huge fan. And uh, I take all the things that I love from boxing, put it into what we're doing. I take all the things that I hate from boxing, mix it up and then re-fucking jig it for the UFC. Um, so he has spoken about that in the past. But given this new merger, given the power that they've got financially, given the power that they've got um, brand-wise and brain-wise, I'd be surprised if they didn't have a look at it. Why, what do you know? Just wanted to bring it up as a conversational piece on the podcast. Watch this space. Keep your powder dry, kids. Anyway, women's yeah. straw weight. Yeah, it's a rematch, this. Uh, last time yeah. out, um, Marina Rodriguez. This was part of Marina Rodriguez's uh, hot streak mm-hmm. to... Listen, you were on board with this as well. I, I remember saying it myself. Marina Rodriguez could be the future of this division. She's looking absolutely fantastic. We went to yeah. Abu Dhabi, uh, watched her fight uh, Amanda Hibas. And Amanda Hibas was hot at the time, man. She was coming in and a lot of people didn't know how that fight was going to go. But Marina Rodriguez put absolute manners on her. Knocked her out. She hit her. Knocked her out twice with the same punch, mate. It was that fucking... She was that brutal on that particular night. She looked absolutely sensational. But she herself has just run into a little bit of a bump recently. That just goes to prove... The, at the top level of competition in any of these weight divisions, male or female, these, these are the best fighters on the planet. There's absolutely no doubt about that. And sometimes, stylistically, you've got to take a little bit of a bump, refigure it, recalibrate, go away, work on your game, come back more rounded. You have to be an elite, rounded mixed martial artist. You can't just be a br- brilliant in one particular discipline. This is a rematch. Now, Michelle Waterson Gomez, as she is now, obviously uh, recently married, has lost five of her last six. There's no getting away from that. She's a great name, great personality. I love watching Michelle fight because she's a striker. And going on what I've just said, that's the downfall. She is very good at one particular discipline Mm -hmm. and maybe a little bit limited in some of the other disciplines. She is also small. She came into the UFC as an atom weight champion from a previous franchise. And she hasn't really grown to the size of some of the other girls. So she's going to fall short maybe sometimes on size and when she's obviously paired up with grapplers, as uh, as we've seen recently. I think um, she was submitted recently in a in a fight. I remember, I remember seeing that. Anyway, she's lost five of the last six and she's coming into this fight, which is a rematch, which she lost the first fight against Marina Rodriguez. But the beautiful thing about it for both girls is they're both strikers. So I imagine a lot of this is going to play out on the feet. I would favor Marina Rodriguez because she's younger, she's fresher. um, And she's, even though she herself is coming into this, 
in a little bit of a bump. I think, given the fact that she's beaten Michelle in the past, she will take that as confidence coming into this particular fight. So I would favour her coming into it. But I wouldn't back against uh, Michelle Watson Gomez. Yeah, I think, the, the, listen, they're, they're playing it back. Um, and you might be asking yourself why it was a unanimous decision for Marina Rodriguez uh, first time around. But the fight took place in May of 2021. Mm. And it was put together at the last minute as the main event on an Apex card. Mm. which was supposed to be like Sandeg and Dillashaw or something like that. Anyway, that fell off completely. And they put together Marina Rodriguez versus Michelle Waterson at flyweight, even though they were both ranked at strawweight yeah. because they just wanted to get two ranked opponents in a main event to promote an Apex card. So that's why the fight came together. That's why it happened. That's why it happened over five rounds. Now, I'm sure coming away from that, Marina Rodriguez probably a little bit, even though it was part of a 2021 uh, win and run, which right, took yeah. her into a top contender. She would have come away going, ah, you know, I wasn't in shape. I wasn't in but Obviously, there's a conversation with Michelle Waterson, Gomez to say, listen, man, I was a different, you know, I, it was last minute. It wasn't my weight division. It was out of full camp. That's why they've been put back together. That, and of course, the reason you've just explained, Michelle Watson can't buy a win at the moment. Marina Rodriguez has gone from not leading title contender to lost their last two fights. So, I guess top deals. I mean, Lemos, yeah. fucking outstanding, man. Of course, and that's why it's happening now. These are both women that, in the twilight of their career, with all due respect, I think Rodriguez is 36, Watson Gomez is 37 now. You know, there isn't a huge running fights to come after this, certainly for the loser. So, um, yeah, I see why it's happening. I see why it's making sense. I don't see the result changing. I've got to be honest. I think Rodriguez is a bit more aggressive, a bit certainly a lot stronger on the ground. But I think the fight will probably play out on its feet. But I think the three rounds may suit better Michelle Watson-Gomez. So, who knows? Michelle, uh, we say this a few times, and I say this about my son, because he's obviously on this mad little journey that he's kickboxing. There's a difference between being a fighter and a point scorer. She's a point the, scorer, you're right. And and she and she is a point scorer. Whereas we've seen, even though Marina Rodriguez is a fantastic point scorer, she's she got a Amanda Hibas. <laughs> yeah, man. She's got nastiness about her. She's a fighter. She um and in those situations, you kind of favor the the, the fighter that can, that can do a bit of everything. Um so, yeah, I agree with you that regarding the result, it would be wonderful if Michelle can can do something uh, spectacular. But I just think, yeah, I don't think she's big enough. I don't think she's big enough for, for Marina. She never Rodriguez. has been. She never has been. Yeah, I know. Um, I've picked out a couple of others for you, mate. I've picked out Ricardo Ramos and Charles Jordan, which is obviously on the main card. Yeah. Um, we, we're familiar with Ramos because he fell short, didn't he, to our very own Laurent in mm -hmm. 2020. Laurent Murphy, that is. Uh, but he did win last time with that fucking fantastic spinning elbow. Highlight real knockout. Sensational victory for him. And obviously, Charles got back on the winning streak, beating Cron Gracie uh, last time out. Um, yeah. I think it's a test for Charles. I do. I th I'd favour him because I'm a big fan uh, of what he's doing. We obviously saw him fall short against Nathaniel Wood. Uh, but stylistically, I think this one matches up quite well. It could be a, a low-key bonus uh, for either one of these guys. I like it. I like the way you picked that one out. Um yeah, 
And listen, the, the the first fight on the main card's always one to look out for. Likewise, the the last fight on the prelims, Miles Johns versus Dan Argueta as well. That's an interesting fight worth looking out for. I would also look out for uh, Mo Usman. You know, Kamaru. You like Big Mo, don't you? He's big, a fucking big, unit. He's yeah, an he's absolute a unit. Monster is Big Mo. Obviously, we've seen him won. He won tough, didn't he? he won the tough season. Uh, when it was the heavyweights and the female coaches, was it was it Nunes and, and uh, he won that season. He's listen, it is what it is. He's a big dude that throws hooks from the fucking back of the room, and more often than not, it works. You know, he won tough. He's come into the UFC since then. He's won two or three on the spin. Last time out, he won a points decision over Junior Taffer. That's starting to age pretty well for him. Yeah. And I think Jake Collier is kind of, you know, Jake Kelly has gone from middleweight to light heavyweight to heavyweight. You know, he's 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 got the body composition of a pork scratching. And I think someone like Big Mo, who's physically strong, who's more of an athlete, should just have a field day with Jake Collier. And Jake Collier can fight. The point is he's putting himself at a massive disadvantage by competing in a weight division that just shouldn't be his weight division. So I, I and that's that's shown in his results up at heavyweight. So I expect Big Mo to, to get a, another big moment, big highlight reel uh, with Kamado at cage side. And hopefully someone puts a microphone in Kamado's face and says, what's next for you, Arkit? As well. Yeah. Yeah. Let's get up to middleweight, Kamado. Come on, man. Let's have a little bit of a rumble with, it, with these lads. Damn right. Um, that's how your UFC shapes up um, for those British and Bef- Irish. Go on. Before we go on to, um, on to Bellator, Bellator. I just wanted to pick up with you because obviously the theme of the show on Monday was what? What was the theme of our show on Monday? Mexico. Your favourite criteria. It was all about oh, criteria. Wasn't oh, it? It was yes, yes, yes. The 10-8 yeah. scoring of the fight. I know where you're going. I know where you're going. I know what you're Now, now, you've just made a comparison there to boxing and our UFC, our this sport, our MMA, certainly at this level, with this organisation, does it so much better? You're coming off a loss. So what, kid? You're ranked in the top 10. You're fighting someone else in the top 10. You might also be in the relabation mode. That's what we do. That's why we produce the best fights. That's why we've got the fucking fight fans globally eating out the palm of our hands. This is another example of what MMA is doing right. Sit still. Of what so, MMA is doing for the, right. For those listening to the show, he's, he's talking to his dog. The right. dog's being Carry a knob. The, uh, they do it right because... We had controversy on Saturday. We had Alexa Grasso being scored a 10-8 decision, a 10-8 score in the fifth round against Valentina Shevchenko. We talked about it all day Monday. You got involved in it. Massive conversations everywhere. Now, in the aftermath of that, the Nevada State Athletic Commission said, right, all three judges that were involved in this fight, come into the offices. We're going to have a chat. We're going to have a chat and we're going to have a sit down. We're going to discuss Mike Bell's 10-8 score of that fifth round. Yeah. So all three judges were invited in. That included Sal Diamato and Kim, um, Juni Camillo. Kim, well done. Well done, mate. And Mike Bell. Now, because of a prior engagement, unfortunately, Mike Bell couldn't be there. We'll give him the benefit of the doubt. But the other two did attend. And also attending was the head of the executive director of the commission, which is Jeff Mullen. Now, they sat down. Not only did they analyze the fight, they used the unified rules to sit down as a collective. They also had other senior members sit down as a collective. They scored that round. They then did 
a media interview. They spoke yeah. to the media and they said, right, we've sat down. We stand by Mike. He's one of the best judges in the sport. He very rarely gets it wrong. But he did on Saturday. That was not a 10-8 round. We've rescored it. The judges have told us why they scored it. We support their decision. We've looked at the scoring criteria. We, as Nevada Athletic Commission, do not agree with Mike's score. And he even went into detail. He said, to emphasize that a fighter uh, wins a 10-8 round, there has to be little to no offensive inputs yeah. regarding the opponents. And two of the three Ds, which we're all aware of, are dominance, damage, duration. Yeah. Two of the three Ds, one side to the other fighter, no offense from the other fighter. That's how you differentiate a 10-9 and a 10-8. And again, like Dana came out, didn't he? Went, I fucking ate 10-8 rounds unless it's blah, blah, blah. No, Dana, I disagree. I love 10-8 rounds. 10-8 rounds, when they're scored correctly, should 100% be part of this sport because winning a round convincingly and edging a round have to be scored differently. But what I love about this is, unlike boxing, which puts its head in the sand, they've done, within a, Adam, within days, come in, we're having a meeting. Right, okay, right, we're going to make a statement. We've sat down. We support Mike. He made a mistake. It was a bad round. Should never have been a 10-8. Here's the reason why. Here's the analytics. Let's all move forward together, yeah? Fantastic. You can't ask any more of that, Adam. You cannot ask any more of a sport that judges itself and goes, we got it wrong, but we support the guy. He knows he got it wrong. We've had a conversation with him about why he's had it wrong. Moving forward, hopefully there won't be any more issues again. Boom. Next fight, please. All within a week. Incredible. Which then puts it back on the UFC to rebook the fight. Absolutely. Mate. No, I, listen, I, I only read that overnight, obviously, before we started recording the show. And I was like, fucking hell, fair play, man. That's exactly what it is. Transparency, conversation, communication. Take control of the narrative. Take control of it. And that's exactly what they've done. Yeah. Uh, one man that's looking to take control of the narrative is Fabian Edwards. That's right. This weekend, he has an on, opportunity to, uh, to go and do the business in Dublin. Dublin, the destination uh, for this Bellator card. Uh, Johnny Eblin will be the guy across from him, the man that holds the strap of which Fabian Edwards has absolutely earned the right. He has gone through a bit of a murderer's row of recent, uh, recent times, got himself to this opportunity, uh, and he's in the main event this weekend uh, attempting to become a Bellator champion. Just away from the fight for a second. Imagine if he does it. Imagine him and Leon, like being the guys, yeah, that the, where they've come yeah. from, the story, oh, everything oh, about yeah. it. It would be one of the greatest fucking fight sports stories of all time, mate. Two lads to come from where they've come from to dominate two two of the biggest franchises in MMA. Fucking hellfire. Come on. To a world champion in, in in both franchises. It's like Champions League winners and UEFA Cup Europe. winners from the same yeah, city. Maybe UEFA Nations. What was the one? West Ham won? Europa? Yeah. Europa so it's West Ham and City. West Ham and City is what they are. Exactly. That's what it is. It's West Ham and City. <clears throat> it would be amazing. It would be amazing. And you know what? The similarities are kind of crazy. Fabian's going over there. He's, uh, I know it's Dublin, so you could consider it a home a home fight in terms of being the British Isles. Uh, but he's going there, British Isles, Ireland, of course. He's going over there to face an established world champion, people who are ex 
on both sides of the Atlantic, especially on their side. Super excited about a heavy grappler, a guy with real strong wrestling skills, just like Kamara Usman, a guy that being talked about is going to hold this belt for a long time. The similarities are right there, man. And imagine, and this is what I go to bed dreaming about sometimes, imagine Fabian down on the scorecards, head kick knockout in the fifth <laughs> round. <laughs> That's the one, isn't it? Absolutely incredible, incredible scenes. And he's capable. He's capable. Listen, at this level, yeah, listen, Evelyn will be the favorite. Evelyn has got, you know, everybody on the East Coast of America screaming about this guy. People are starting to say he's the best middleweight in the world. Come on, come on. Can't talk like that when the fucking Champions League somewhere else. But with all due respect, he looks like a super talent, man. He's undefeated yeah. for a reason. He's incredibly talented at what he does. He's floated under the radar a little bit because who's the guy in the UFC, the middleweight with the blonde hair, the Johnny Bravo fella, the the, the god of wrestling, the prospect that's always on the other couple of fights. Bo, Bo Nickel. Bo Nickel. Bo Nichols come into the UFC on the back of being this AAA collegiate all-star American, you know, wrestling god. And that's why he's landed so much momentum. But Johnny Eblen was an incredibly talented wrestler. But he was, if you look at his career, high, high school, college, like he should have been in a similar vein. But he was hit by so many injuries. It was like this season stopped because of injury. This season stopped because of injury. Mm. Whereas talent-wise, wrestling-wise, had he stayed injury-free, there's a, there's a real consensus there that he'd have gone on to do incredible things himself. That's kind of the level where John Eblen's kind of hardcore fans will know John Eblen's based at. And he's transferred that into MMA and he's done it in dramatic fashion. And because yeah. he hasn't had that kind of, he's been able to float under the radar and now he's got to the top. He looks like he's going to be there for a long time. But again, this is a title fight. This is a five rounder. Anything can happen. And Fabian Edwards with the journey he's been on, mate, you want inspiration? The fucking kid who's on the other bunk bed. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Mate, only... I don't think they're I don't think they're still in bunk beds, pal. <laughs> <laughs> who's on the top bunk? Fucking UFC champion. There's your inspiration. Because Leon's defo top bunk, isn't he? Because yeah. Fabian's the bigger brother. So yeah. you know what I mean? Little brother goes top bunk. They're the rules. So I just think all he's got to do is look up. Little brother's got a belt. I can if he can do it, I can do it. And if he's trained alongside him, which he does every single day, he's trains on every day, spars on every day. Fabian will be in Dublin this week, ready to take that belt home. And I think he can do it. I think it's going to be something special for him to do it. It's going to have to be another incredible Edward-style moment. But I wouldn't bet against the two brothers. No, Certainly. and especially, and I think you can see the development in Fabian. Since Leon won the title, oh. you, can, you can see what's that stunned for people within that gym? It's given them a sense of belief. Everybody's game, I think, has actually risen. I mean, I know that he's come up a, a short a couple of times, but even Jai Herbert, people, just people like that, when you look at the way that they're performing, they are levelling up. And that is because they're in and around a belief system now. And Fabian, absolutely, in Bellator, with all due respect to Fabian, I used to watch him and think, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if he, can, if he can. But now, I've watched his last couple of performances... And I think to myself, fucking hell, he, he's, he believes. You can see that he believes now. And that's the most important thing in all of fight sports, in, in just in life in general. 90% of the shit that 
It's going to happen to you in your life is, is because of what you believe in between your ears. Simple as that. And this kid now, off the back of his brother's success, believes in his own journey. And you never know. I agree with what you've said. Eblen's the favourite. Eblen's got the momentum. He's got yeah. a horrible style. He yeah. knows how to nullify a fight if he needs to nullify a fight. I, I completely agree. But mixed martial arts is so beautiful because there's so many different ways to win. And if this was a wrestling contest, of course you're going to favor Johnny Eblen. This is not a wrestling contest. This is a mixed martial arts contest. Yeah. And Fabian Edwards has the power. He has the guile. He has the ability to, to connect with this guy. And who knows? Who knows? If he gets on them whiskers, who fucking knows? Yeah. Uh, it's going to be noisy, mate. It's going to be some atmosphere in there, isn't it? You know what the Dublin crowd are like. They come out in force. Yeah, I just hope they stick around. Obviously, uh, as always, the, the prelim card is sponsored by SBG Island. So <laughs> it's, a, it's, 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 the, it's all the rising stars out of John Kavanagh's gym. So no doubt tickets will be selling out. It will be fucking packed to the rafters. You'll probably have Connor running around like a lunatic at cage side as well. I just hope that momentum stays there post Sinead Kavanagh, who's co-co-main event, who's third on. Aaron Pico is a, a superstar, man. We talked about him at length when he turned pro. He was thrown in at the deep end since then. Got his act together as well recently, man. The most his amazing together. run. I think, he, I think he's lost one of his last 10. But when yeah. you look at that fight, he, he, he got injury. He had to pull out the fight. He, you know, he had to stop mid-fight. That, that could have happened to anybody. It was an accident. So Aaron Pico is starting to deliver on his potential in a big way. Pedro Cavallo is a great opponent for him. Smashing co-main events. I say Sinead Kavanagh's on there against Sarah Collins. That's on the main card as well. Mads Burnell, Daniel Weichel, two established names in this sport, people who've been around the sport for a while. That will deliver. That was a great fight as well. So uh, it, it's a cracking card. It really is. Dublin's going to be rocking this weekend. Any, how do we watch this? Is Dublin still on BBC iPlayer? It, Bellator still on iPlayer? I think so. I'm not sure. Answer to your question, mate. Let me have a go and chat amongst yourselves. I'll have a quick check. How about we just stick it on our social media? Yeah, let's do that. Good have they not signed a design? Who signed a zone? Was that PFL? PFL, mm -hmm. PFL yeah. <sighs> I think so. so. We'll, we'll hunt it down for you because you're going to want to see it. An Edwards brother oh. uh, in a in a title fight in Bellator against the geezer that he's not supposed to win against in Mega. Dublin, Ireland. It's going to be noisy, man. It's going to be noisy indeed. I fucking love Dublin. It's going to be rocking. Hey, have you not seen the rumour? Well. Go on. The the rumour was December. Right, yeah. But it can't be December, can it? Because the three arenas not available. Never mind that. Don't fucking find a place. Uh, well, the original rumour, obviously, Britain and Ireland are kind of assigned now two shows per year as per the UFC, aren't they? And we, we kind of have a lock-in for the London show being March. I think that's always going to be the case. That's when UFC London hits uh, hits British soil. But in recent years, last two in particular, uh, July has also been that second date. Um, and we've spoken to many people within the UFC who've said, listen, we're looking at many European uh, places. We've told you about Poland. Obviously, they're yeah. doing Paris. Uh, I think, and, I think but, Paris will be a mainstay, but just not next year, obviously because of the Olympics, yeah. Um, but they are looking at other European places and they've looked at Manchester, they've looked at Glasgow and they've looked at Dublin. So putting twos and threes together and all that type of stuff and coming up with a ridiculous number. If you look at next July, 
It's the 10th anniversary of obviously when Conor McGregor rocked into oh, yeah. Dublin as a wow. UFC fighter, did what he did and, and sent the world on fire. So I, I was automatically thinking next July was going to be, oof, that'll be a Dublin card. Surely <laughs> they're going to celebrate that in some way, Ian Gary doing his thing. But because of the rise of Ian Gary and what mm-hmm. he's doing, mm-hmm. they're obviously looking to try and capitalise on, on that as, as quickly as possible. So there is some serious noise that between now and the end of the year, the UFC will rock up once again in Dublin. December is when the the rumour is. Well, they're the only dates that are free, you see. There's a UFC fight night on December the 2nd, and there's one scheduled for December the 9th. At, at the moment, that's the, enti- the entire fixture list is booked for the rest of the year. Those two dates, fight night December 2nd, fight night December the 9th, I've got TBD destinations next to them. That'd be amazing, wouldn't it? To have a little bit of Dublin before the end of the year. Ian Gary, top of the bill against Wonderboy. Dublin, December the 9th. Week later, Edwards Covington oh, in Las Vegas. Mate, 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 mate. We're getting a lot of people excited because that would be that would be something. Listen, none of that, the Dublin thing's not confirmed. That's just the rumours that, uh, that are currently going on. And obviously there's a few fighters that are starting to say, oh, I'm booked for Dublin by the back end of the year. Are you? What day? <laughs> we, need, we, need, we need to know the scripts on that. But you would think um, that if it is to be Dublin, there's absolutely no way that it's not Ian Gary headlining that event. Oh, of course. Fuck yeah. Of course. Oof. Getting all giddy. Uh, anyway, there you go. That's your uh, that's your MMA this weekend. Obviously, rooting for Fabian Edwards uh, to get the job done in Bellator. And then the UFC, keep an eye on that main event for Z versus Gamrock. Big ramifications at 155 in the UFC. Six versus seven. Can they break into the top five? What a brilliant fight that is. And the card itself, stacked good. Um, and always good to wake up to a bit of news that we've got some uh, title fights, main events, core main events, all booked in between now and the end of the year. The next three months are just going to be absolutely ridiculous following this sport. So make sure you keep coming back to us here on the Fight Disciples. You can subscribe to us via our website, fightdisciples.com. Go and get yourself stuck into that. And we're on YouTube as well. So if you prefer to watch your podcast, uh, you can do it via YouTube. Search out Fight Disciples. You'll see our smiling little faces. Hit the button, subscribe, comment. Let us know all your thoughts about the things that we've been speaking about and interact with us. Uh, Thank you very much for tuning in once again. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.